thing on. Cool. Hi, and welcome to the next episode of Uncultured, the podcast. I'm your host, Kripa, here to add a little bit of colour to your weeks. This week's guest is a familiar name and a familiar face. You might have heard of Hi My Name Is Priya on TikTok, where her videos went viral after her and her partner Sid quit their jobs last year and hit the road to live in a van and sell spices. Their journey has amassed over half a million followers on TikTok. And today she's sharing her journey on the importance of moving out, what her parents are like and how they accepted the fact that she wanted to live in a van and why happiness needs to be a key metric of success. Here's Priya. Priya, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm great. I really want to set the scene because this is so comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) We're sitting at the floor of Priya's room. Is this your room? No, this isn't my room. This is his parents' house and this is their spare bedroom. Right, okay, yeah. So we're sitting on the floor with a little coffee table, sitting on pillows. We've got nice biscuits. Yeah, with biscuits, (laughs) with tea and with a heater. The whole family got in on making this a comfortable (laughs) space for us. Yeah, it's very cosy. But thank you for having me in your home. No worries. Thank you for coming. I have so many questions for you. I feel like a lot of people would have questions for you. Awesome. Ask away. Tell me about yourself. Who are you? Hi, my name's Priya. I quit my job, now live in a van. I make cooking videos and I sell spices. None of it was planned. It's funny how things work out. Priya, you went viral on TikTok and your signature statement is, hi, my name is Priya. (laughs) And I think everyone fell in love with your voice and how soothing it was and your remedies, your food, your dad's signature spice mix. It's so abnormal to hear about another brown person in Sydney who's grown up the same way that we've grown up, quit their job and decide to take the world on um, in a van. Before we get into it, Priya, what were your passions as a child and what made you the Priya you are today? Okay, so we can go back to the beginning. My parents migrated here from India. My mom is from Gurgaon. My dad is from Rotak in a state called Haryana. I was then born in 1994. How do you think your parents would have described you as a child? What were you interested in? Indian movies mm. and art and painting. That was me as a child. That was my whole childhood. It was just... I think like everyone else, like every other girl and boy getting together with my family, friends, and we'd make up dances. That was my childhood. It was just pretty chill. We didn't go back to India that often. So we went back to India when I was two and then when I was four and six. And then we didn't go to India for 10 years. Maybe that's why I connected with Indian movies so much because it was like home. I, yeah, it felt like home, like a lot of what I was missing out on. That's how I connected to it. And what did you do after high school, I guess, leading up to the big change? So when I was in high school, the standard thing was you either become a doctor, engineer or a lawyer, like every brown kid. But I loved maths. I was like obsessed with maths. I'm super arty. I did four unit maths and I was like, I want to do engineering. So at that time, so in 2011, mining was booming. Being a 17 year old kid, I didn't really look at the environmental side of it. It was like, this is a booming industry. It's engineering, which is something I want to do. So I picked mining engineering, went to uni, 
did four years of that. Met Sid. So oh, I met yeah. Sid met. in 2012. So you met at uni? He was in the grade above me. So I think we met at Roundhouse. Someone introduced us. Oh, my God. Us. How romantic. Yeah. And it was like <laughs> The context standard. Roundhouse is, is the most upper <laughs> club in yeah. Sydney. No, it's, it's a unique bar. Yeah. It's just the basic uni bar. We met there and anyway, we ended up getting together. We, when we're choosing our degrees, and I guess I feel similarly because I am doing a law degree as well, we kind of are very influenced by the kind of immigrant parent mentality of security and what's going to work for us if if an industry is booming, if um, there's jobs available, you're kind of especially drawn to it and then you obviously couple that up with hey I like maths so I might as well kind of do this right and yeah how did that lead to where you are now so when I graduated uni sadly there was a mining downturn so Mm. it was really hard to find a job and I got a job in this tiny town called Gloucester there was nothing near me did you do long distance Yeah. yeah so I got a job two hours from Newcastle and Sid got a job in rural Queensland. Mm -hmm. Then I got a job in Queensland and then, yeah, then Sid and I weren't doing long distance anymore. We were working week on, week off. So working week on, week off, it's really common in mining. It's very confusing. My day was waking up at 4.30 driving to work at 5, getting to work at 5.30. For a week of your life, your life kind of just gets put on hold. So you work for seven days and you get seven days off. Right. So we did that. And for the seven days we were working, Sid and I weren't together. Our mining sites were one hour away from each other. And is that what prompted you to kind of, since you were kind of thrust into being on the road or being constantly traveling or having a kind of flexible schedule, or did you always have like the travel bug? Oh, the travel bug. I missed a key point here. We went on exchange, went to Austria for six months when we were in uni. Yeah, we went together. That's when we got the travel bug. And if you have the travel bug, you just know it. It changes you forever. Our life plans completely changed. We could no longer stick with the, you know, the typical life plan that so many people follow. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we had this realization. We don't want to do that. That's why I'm such an advocate for people moving out. Like, you know, I love my family, but yeah, there comes a point where it's like, are my views on life my parents' views or are they my views? Mm. And I think when we moved to Austria for six months, we developed this view that surely life isn't wake up in the morning and go to work for the rest of your life till you're 60 and you can retire. I didn't want to wait till I'm 60 to then go on this big Europe trip, go travel the world, go on cruises. That just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, like, And I think a lot of people in our generation now feel that way. And our parents really struggle yeah. to relate to us. Yeah. Have you have you seen that quote? It's like, when you're young, you've got energy and time, but you don't have the money. When you're middle age, you've got energy and money, but you don't have time. But then when yeah. you're old, you have money and time, but you don't have energy. Yeah. And it's like, so when can we live if we're just holding everything back? That's such, I'm so glad you brought that up, but it's priorities. If you want to do something, do it. So tell me about the journey from Austria to deciding that you wanted to quit your job and live in a van. I don't know if you remember, but the YouTube space was blowing up around people quitting their jobs and traveling. Like four to five years ago, 
I feel like all the videos that I saw on my YouTube feed was we quit our job to go travel. Yeah. Um, or the algorithm was just. Or maybe the algorithm was just showing me <laughs> yeah, that. telling you what to do. Yeah, but that's all I was seeing, like watching Eamon and Beck, Cara yeah. and Nate, watching the Bucket List family, just leaving their lives. It was so interesting watching that because I couldn't fathom how they were doing it. I couldn't understand it. I was like, how do you have the money? Because, you know, I just started working. Although mining pays well, I was like, how can this ever happen? What I've kind of seen based on people who have kind of quit their jobs and gone out, it's kind of just like bite the bullet and figure it out day by day. Mm. Growing up, you don't just do that. Yeah. You have a plan. You study in year 12, you do well, you go to uni, you graduate, you get a job, you get a job, you save money. Like my brain just couldn't understand. I wanted it so bad, but I couldn't understand how they had the courage to do this. And I brought it down to they're just they're white their lives are different my life isn't like that I don't know how they did it yeah so it's interesting you say that Priya because I think that's why there is so much intrigue with regards to what do your parents think or you know Mm. I feel like a lot of people are suppressed to the point where we feel like Yeah, that's not something we can do. That's like a fantasy world or being an actor or being a singer or being – it's like being a pop star, right? Like it's something that, sure, would be nice if it happened, but it's not something that we can actually envision doing because there are way too many complications around culture, around security. And like you said with regards to are we living our values or our parents' values, I think that a big part, at least for me, is that these are my values. I would love to go travel the world. But I have this like niggling feeling at the back of my head being mm-hmm. like, but what if you don't have money or what if what are people going to say or, you know, where am I going to end up? And I think that's something that a lot of white people wouldn't experience in the same way. Yeah, they wouldn't. Something I've come to realize is like, you know, how our parents have this huge community of friends. Mm-hmm. White people don't have that. They yeah. have their family here and they have maybe a couple of family friends, like one or two. Yeah. But it's not a community where yeah. people know people. Know it's people. not a community of like hundreds of families. It's people latching onto each other after immigrating here, right? And then yeah. creating an, a web or a interconnected network, which is a beautiful thing in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, it is. Like growing up, it's lovely. Yeah, but everyone has something to say. So, yeah, two and a half years went by. Uh, me and Sid were doing long distance. Then I moved to Queensland, working seven days on, seven days off. That was where my brain started to really shift. We were living this life where we hated seven days of our life at work, but we loved the seven days of our lives away from work. Mm. So you know that pure bliss that you start to feel when you're on a holiday? Yeah. And I would only feel this when I would go on a two-week holiday. Mm. One-week holiday wouldn't be enough time Because you're anticipating this. the end yeah, of it, Yeah, right? you anticipate it so much. So there was three days there that I was just so happy and so relaxed. Yeah. And over those, probably for a year, Sid and I were like, why isn't this our life? Why can't it be? Why can't it be? And on our weeks off, we would go travel overseas and at the end of the day, the bubble would be burst and we'd come back. But it was those two years working in Queensland where the shift really happened because we kept feeling those three days of bliss twice a month mm. so compared to going on a holiday once a year 
we felt that so much that we were like, this this should be life. Like, why do I dread waking up in the morning? I don't want to feel that anymore. I didn't feel this way when I was working Monday to Friday. You didn't have time to feel that way. You know, going to work Monday to Friday, you wake up on a Saturday morning. Saturday is amazing. Till midday, you love it. Then Saturday night comes and you still kind of love your Sunday morning. But then Sunday night comes. Sunday blues. Like when are you supposed to like reflect on your life? live. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no time to sit and think except in your four-week holiday once a year. Yeah. Which you spend all year planning Mm. for. We've had the van for nearly two years. The intention was on our seven days off because we were in a rural town two and a half hours from Mackay. We needed to leave Mackay for those seven days so we would have to pay for motels airbnbs it didn't make sense so our wallets were a lot happier when we got the van and we were free to go wherever it wasn't like oh my god we have to book a place now for the next seven days as to where we're going to be so it it made sense it sounds like you kind of just fell into this lifestyle based on (laughs) your circumstances your career and everything just kind of was like Yep, you just got to go to Mackay or like this town. Yeah. Figure it, it out, you know. And you reflect on it. It's like, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is It is super different, but I think that's what's beautiful about it. Tell me the timeline between you quitting your job to deciding that you were going to live in a van and when Corona hit and how that played into it. We, we knew we wanted to quit our jobs in 2016. In 2019, we wanted... 2020 to be our last year at work but yeah we had booked tickets to go to south america for and we were gonna go we booked one-way tickets yeah we were gonna go there for a year yeah corona hit our tickets got cancelled and we were like oh my god what are we gonna do now yeah. like our big travel the world plans have been thrown out the window and we were like okay let's quit work in september Corona okay. will surely this Corona thing won't exist yeah, by yeah, yeah, September yeah, yeah, yeah. 2020. Yeah, foreshadowing. Yeah, and we made this decision in January. And how did you break the news to your parents? The most common question I get asked is, what are your parents like? When a Caucasian person quits their job and travels, we all just go, oh, they must have really cool parents. Like, they just chill. And then people ask me and they, I think they want me to say... My parents are chill. My parents are different. But my parents are just like every single Indian parent out there. So we told our parents and they were both, both sets of parents were in the same minds. Kind of like, are you sure this is something you want to do? But we hadn't seen them for 11 months. When you haven't seen your family for 11 months, your decision to want to quit work doesn't get so influenced by them. Now, I know that that's not helpful for anyone else out there because you probably do see your parents, but this kind of attachment to what will your parents think slightly goes away. I was still very nervous, but I was still really nervous to tell them. Their response was way different to what I thought it would be. You were talking about your parents' reaction being very different to what you expected. Yeah, so I called them and I'm like, so I have something to tell you. I was like, is mommy there? Is papa there? Like, are you guys together? And they're like, okay, what is it? And I was like, you're not going to like the news. And they're like, okay. I was like, I resigned. They're like, so you gave the paper in? I'm like, 
I gave the paper in. I resigned. I'm leaving my job. And my dad was like, okay, that's good. My mom was like, what do you mean? <laughs> She's like, what do you that's mean? Good. That's good. And so my mom, I think they were like doing good cop, bad cop, like trying to balance each other out. But my dad definitely reacted differently to what I thought. My mom, I think, was coming from a place of just being concerned. Yeah, concerned. And I still remember my family was like, people around the world are losing their jobs and you want to quit. <laughs> There's a lot of guilt associated with that, but it's also like – look, that job is going to someone else that needs it, you yeah. know? And ultimately, you just got to make the right decisions to yeah. be your best self, right? And I was like, look, time is just keeps ticking by. Like, I want to quit my job. Yeah. Like, I know that I should be grateful that I have a job, but I'm sorry, at the end of the day, I don't want this job. Yeah. I don't want it. Yeah, I mean, they still show concern to this day. I can imagine my parents feeling the exact same way. Yeah. I think there's an element of, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, are you just going to, like, what are you achieving by living you know, in a van. And it's like that feeling of happiness isn't seen as an achievement. No, in Indian culture, it is, I don't know, maybe every culture, happiness doesn't mean shit. No one actually cares about it because, you know, your parents can't go to your friend and go, my daughter's happy. Yeah. When you meet people who are kind of part of your, part of this other side of your life, what do you tell them when you see them? And I'm here to say that you're going to struggle with it. Yep. I mean, I can relate. I just Mm. quit my job as well six months ago. And I guess the difference is that I have the backup of kind of saying, I'm I'm just finishing uni this year. I'm going to focus on uni, right? Even with having that, people have kind of gone, okay, but you had such a good job. Like, you know, why did Mm. you need to quit? I was just kind of over it, you know, five years in the same place. I just wanted to focus on myself. Is it mostly like friends who asked this or like aunties and uncles? Mm, good question. I'd say that with friends, there's always trust that I've made the right decision for myself, yeah. even if they're concerned. There's always like a level of respect. I think not anyone in particular, but I think undertones that I've gotten from the general community or family or family friends or whatever, I think that's more like, why? Okay, let's move on. Mm. Next topic. Like, you know, that's a bit odd. The other thing that I want to add to that is I remember when I was a kid and you know that like one older kid who like finished high school and finished uni and was kind of doing nothing. I remember the conversation that everyone would have Mm. as a community it's a concern that oh now people are saying that about me what do you you think the conversations are about you it's like it's like oh she's making tiktok videos what (laughs) like how do you even explain that to your child and talk about it respectfully i know but i think the thing that we need to come down to is i'm happy yeah she's happy don't compare yourself to somebody like oh my god they got such good atar marks or they did so well in uni and he's earning this much she's a doctor now she has kids well, why don't you have kids? She's married. He's married. Yeah. Like, is she happy with kids? Is he happy being married? Is he happy with the job? Are they happy going to this uni? Happiness is never at the forefront of the conversation, whether it's our society or otherwise. I really don't think that people talk about people in those terms. It's very... It's tick, tick ticking boxes. the boxes. Exactly. High school, uni, job, 
marriage, kids. Kids, yeah. House. Yeah. Now it's house and then it'll become investment property. You really need to start looking at people and going, are they happy? When you start to look at people like that, you will not compare yourself to people anymore. And And you start prioritizing happiness in your own life. Even if someone does give me a judgmental look of what are you doing with your life, 1% of the time... I feel shit, but 99% of the time I'm happy. Maybe they'll think it's unconventional that your path to happiness is different to their path to happiness and or their path to success, whatever yeah. it means. Sometimes when people ask you, what have you been up to or what are you doing? Sometimes they don't actually care. Some people's actions are simply vicious to judge you. That's it. Or to share what they're up to. Yeah, or just to share what they're or just <laughs> What are you doing talk. by the way? I'm. <laughs> yeah, so I've realized not to focus on people's words, but mm. to see what is their intent when they're talking to you. Coming up after the break, Priya talks about why she's the biggest advocate of moving out, what a day in the life of Priya and Sid is like on the road, and finally, how her spice business came about because of mining. Stay tuned. So we told our parents and the really easy part of telling them that I'm quitting my job was I got to hang up the phone after. Yeah. I then got to just sit and reflect in my own silence. They got to sit and reflect in their own silence. And then I called them back two, three hours later to go, "How you going? what are you here? How are you going? (laughs) And it, it was just a much more calm conversation because... I think if you tell your parents while they're in front of you, they would, in their head, they'd go, oh my God, what will people say? I have to tell you what people would say. Yeah. But I was able to control the situation that it was actually very pleasant. Yeah. No, that's a very insightful thing to realize. I think that for a lot of us, the reason why there is so much back and forth with regards to what will my parents say? Are they going to take this well? There's an element of guilt, but there's also an element of, I'm going to see them every waking minute of the day (laughs) I live in their house. And I think that's one thing I've learned from moving out is that it's not a bad thing to separate your life and make decisions for yourself, whether that's completely taking the leap of faith and hitting the road or just moving 20 minutes away, which is what I did. But, you know, having your own space kind of gives them time to see you as a different person and gives you time to see them as different people and fallible. If you were to have that conversation in real life straight away, it would just be an emotionally charged, emotionally driven, defensive conversation having that separation and giving yourselves the space, the time, the the breather would have been immensely useful. And I also made it clear that it was like, I'm not just quitting my job to just then depend on you. Mm. I'm completely independent. Yeah. And that's one thing that a lot of brown kids need to realize is, you're probably very independent. You just live under your parents' roof, yeah. which you can change very easily. And your parents will tell you, don't do that. You'll save money. We cook for you. We clean for you. Why do you want to move out? All very logical things. Yeah. But there is this level of growth that happens when you move out that 
exponential. <gasps> Even basic things, Priya, you don't understand. Like I, I was just such a flop. I feel like I've just learned so many basic things that come part of your schedule. Yeah. Naturally, out of necessity. And I mean, this is just like a whole other topic, but people moving in with their partner after they're married. Was that easy for your parents or was well, that Well, out of mind, like out yeah, of sight, out, of, sight, out yeah. of mind. They're so, not really encouraging it yeah. or discouraging it. Yeah. It, if we were in Sydney, that probably would have been a lot harder, like yeah. living together. It just makes more logical sense when you're in a different state. Yeah, to- like honestly, any Indian couple that is – out of living out of their city are living together mm. but the parents don't have to have that awkward conversation with family friends and say yeah so and so is living with her boyfriend or girlfriend i think the conversations that we are able to have now because we are brought up between cultures we live so many things that our parents wouldn't have lived but we don't talk about it because we're still in communities that don't accept it yeah but everyone's kids are the same yeah so when i moved out i wasn't living with sid i was living alone i was so annoyed with my own mess i was frustrated with myself imagine moving in with someone someone else being frustrated at you yeah you being frustrated you would at naturally them. just be frustrated at each other like you're you're setting yourself up for a really hard first year of marriage say your situations are really strict your parents will not let you live with your partner i understand that like i'm not gonna sit here and be arrogant and be like no just move out with your partner i, I get it i get that it's hard move out alone surprisingly I agree with you fully. I think that it's an absolutely invaluable experience to lead your own life. Surprisingly, I think those conversations are still difficult ones in a lot of people's houses. I think that even fathoming living outside of home prior to getting married, regardless of it being alone or with your partner, is just a topic of non-discussion. Yeah. And if you're really struggling with it, though, move cities. Yeah. It's the best excuse, yeah. right? Are you going for a job, like, you know? Like 90% of Indians are accountants. You can mm. get a job in <laughs> Melbourne or Brisbane true. or Perth. <laughs> and your relationship with your parents will be better. Yeah. Yeah, Because sure. you will appreciate them. It's quality time. Yeah, it'll be quality time. It's not just that you live under the same roof. But yeah, I'm saying you need to move out. <laughs> Everyone's situation is different. I just have such a strong opinion on this. All my friends know I do. So now you live in a van. Yes. Huge. What does a day in the life of Priya <laughs> and Sid in a van look like? Because I think when you say that, it's like, okay... And, okay, you obviously make TikTok videos, you're doing pretty much the bulk of the work behind the Spice business, but how do you go about life without this nine-to-five routine? Well, I go off of what I feel like doing that day. You know, when it's summer, we start off the day by going in the ocean. This is the most hippie thing ever. But in the morning, the ocean brings in a lot of the seaweed. Mm. So that seaweed will get caught in your hair. Then when you go to the beach shower and wash it out, it actually cleans your hair. I do not know if this is scientific. I don't know if it's good for you. But if I see a bit of seaweed, I will actually hold on to it and I'll just rub it into my scalp. I'll come out and I'll have the most silky smooth hair. We'll have a smoothie. We'll start our work day. And that might be checking emails, packing orders. I might make a video at around seven o'clock. Sid's really good with this. He'll be like, okay, that's it. No more work. Let's just go walk around. So we'll just like walk on the beach for two hours and 
We just talk about everything. But now that it's winter, it's a bit different. So we'll wake up. We'll go to an Anytime Fitness because we have a gym pass and then we'll usually get breakfast and then same thing. Same thing. We might go to a campground. That means that we have a open kitchen and we can kind of cook a little bit more easily and it's easy to wash up. So there are heaps of free camp spots. Once a week, we'll do have a washing day. So with the toilet, I don't drink any water after six because we don't have a toilet in our van. That's just my strict rule. And then we just drove down and... If we liked a spot, we stayed there for longer. If we didn't, we kept going. If we wanted to be in the middle of nowhere, we just went to the middle of nowhere. If we wanted to be back in Sydney with family, we came back to Sydney. And then when you're on the road, you meet so many travelers and you realize that what you're doing isn't special or weird. Tell me about that. Tell me about the people you've met and like... It's amazing. Like if you're living in a city and you want to live in a van, just do it. And then when you're on the road, you'll meet them all. How many brown people have you met on the road? (laughs) None. Really? None. I don't think I've met any. Maybe I've met one brown guy who was in a large camper van with some friends who were traveling for a week, like on a holiday. But but not like a permanent couple or anything like that. Now that I think of it, I don't think I've seen any brown couple traveling. Yeah, I think that's why what you're doing is so cool because it makes it kind of a tangible reality of, hey, if someone can do it, maybe I can do it. Maybe not for life, maybe for a year, maybe for a month, whatever it is, someone's been able to do it who is like me. Maybe it's something I can do. And that's not to say everyone's going to get up and, you know, by van tomorrow but it means that it's for that one person yeah were you hesitant about me what were your concerns what were your fears about kind of biting the bullet well my first fear was if none of this works out will I get a job again but now that I've left work like I still get emails Mm. about hey there's this mining job hey there's this mining job and at the end of the day like you know we can figure something out like my perspective on money is slowly changing from I feel like working you have this like weird toxic relationship with money you hold on to it so tightly because it's so controlled like somebody gives you money monthly and for that you have to give them everything yes You feel guilty for spending your money, but it's like, hey, this is an experience that I'm gaining from. Yeah. Although our bank account is constantly depleting, I don't feel like it's hard to explain. I don't feel bad spending money anymore. This money that I've made by giving my time, when I spend it, sure, I made it because I had to give my time. Now that I'm spending it, it's more freeing. Were you and Sid always on the same page? It took me a lot longer. I wanted it. When I, he, when I say he wanted it more than me, I wanted it equally. I just didn't think it was a reality. Right. I didn't see this being the truth. So it was he, a fantasy. It was a fantasy for me. For him, it was a reality. Real life doesn't work like that. You yeah. just suck it up. You go to work. He kind of questioned it a lot more. I, the reality is I wouldn't have been able to quit work without him. And then it's simply about planning and saving and watching videos. And it's like, give yourself a year. Yeah. I, I guess by putting a finite time on it, 
you don't have to jump into the deep end straight away. But I guess that's what you guys did. And now you're at a different state of, hey, this is something that we want to do long term. Yeah. Right to say that? If we can make it work. I mean, look, the plan, if it's a perfect world, would be we get a factory and we sell spices. The courage to do it, I don't think even matters what background you have. Yeah. Because stability and routine everyone is wants for everyone. To, yeah. We just have different issues. Yeah. But the personal battle that you have to overcome, it's really hard. Yeah. Running the spices is way more hard work than a full-time job ever was. So the way that the spices started was actually all because of mining. What? So... When I moved out of home, I didn't know how to cook. So my dad, he was like, hey, I'll make you this spice mix this one day. So I went to the lunchroom, heated up my food, and I just sat at my desk because I needed to do my work at my desk. And someone working by was like, what is that smell? And I initially, like, my heart starts beating fast, like all the trauma from when I was like four years old comes rushing back and I'm like, oh, my God. They know. They know I eat Indian food. (laughs) They know I'm brown. (laughs) And he comes to me and he's like, is that your food? I was like, yes. He's like, it smells amazing. Oh, my God. I'm like, what? (laughs) Clearly, I'm sharing this conversation. It was a huge moment in my life. And then he started telling more people at work and I gave them all the spice mix. And so I started making TikTok videos in 2019. And this was the very first video of mine that went viral. In that video, I was making dal. Everyone kept asking me, what is the spice mix? Right. Yeah. Then I just put an Etsy link up and people would get it and they'd write beautiful reviews. And I was honestly in disbelief. I couldn't understand that people were loving my Indian food. Growing up, I was really embarrassed, if you could say, about Indian food. As a lot of us were. Growing up thinking that you're inferior because you're brown to then being like, everyone loves this spice mix. Tell me about the message you want to share through your videos. I think my purpose for doing this is to show that people, I'm not special. Anyone can do what I'm doing, like quit work and travel. You know, I grew up in Sydney. I don't make fancy cooking videos. They're normal food. And I'm not actually doing anything special. Why then do you think that people could look at your videos and think that they're quite revolutionary or what you're doing is revolutionary? Because they think that it is special. They Mm. think that it is extraordinary. What about living in a van? Living in a van... You just do it. (laughs) I think I haven't really communicated that side of it, like how easy it is to just live in a van. And it's not. I mean, at the beginning of the podcast, I did talk about how hard it has been, but it's our choice as to how hard we make it. Priorities. Yeah, priorities. If you want to do something, do it. And if you're not doing it, it's not a priority. Tell me how your life has changed as a result of making the hard decisions that you've made and what benefits you've gained from taking life by the reins and just doing it. I'm happier. Let's go back to the moving out thing because I'm so passionate about that. But something as simple as that you might not move out because you don't want to have that hard conversation with your parents. But the fact is, 
if you just have the hard conversation and if you just do what you want to do, you'll be happier. They might be angry for a week or a month, but at the end of the day, you'll be happier. There's this um, there's this quote or this kind of little story that this old man told once. He was 80 years old, about to die. He's a lawyer. So after four years or however long it takes to study law, he finished, graduated, and he's like, I don't want to do this. And his family goes, well, that was just a waste of four years. Just do it. And now at 80, he says... I could have just wasted four years of my life, but now I wasted 60 years of my life. Like I could have just cut my losses, been happy with four years wasted, and then I could have lived a really good life for the next 60 years, but he didn't. So you can have a hard conversation and have your parents be mad at you for one month, six months, but then you can go and live a really good next, say, five years. Say that's a chapter of your life. It's really powerful just kind of, thinking about life in those terms and being like, you have all the power to make every decision that's coming up and every decision you make has a direct impact on your happiness. Yeah. Well, it's been a wonderful chat. I feel like we had so many conversations and I feel like we could keep going. So Yeah, I think we could. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to park the brakes. <laughs> Everyone can follow you at hi, my name is Priya. Yes. Everywhere everywhere i'm really just on instagram and tiktok you can follow us at uncultured pod on instagram and i guess we'll see you next week bye see ya